0: And a happy Thursday to you folks, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is a fantastic day today, and let me tell you why, because laughter is one of those things that is just so enjoyable in life, it goes with everything. Laughter is not only fun, but it's proven to be good medicine for your physical and mental health. Seriously, it prevents disease and strengthens your spirit. It's a great medicine, it's a great form, it's a great pill to take every day, and it's free. All you got to do is open your mind, open your heart, and you will find out how much laughter is in your world. All right, folks, let's get this thirsty Thursday started. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. To the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard. My name is Jason Speast. That is Sterling. We are Good morning. trying to turn down the levels on this this morning for myself as we take a look at today's menu, buffet of offerings we had after mm. that blockbuster show we had yesterday. That was awesome. What did we got today? I'm feeling hungry. Well, let's see what we got today. All right, ready for this? By the way, folks, thank you for joining us here. This is the Work Hard, Play Hard Morning Show. We have a daily sponsor. Every day we have a new sponsor, they they rotate, and today it's Absolute Energy Field Products and Services. Folks, I'd really like you to go check them out, our uh, website, we have links available, Absolute Energy Field Products and Services, we'll tell you more about them throughout the hour. Our phone line sponsor today is Swan Energy, so the interviews that you hear today are brought to you by Swan Energy with our phone line sponsors. And who are we going to have? As our interviews today. You ready for this? Another two part work hard. We're working hard these days, man. We got two interviews coming up in the work hard and one in the play hard. Well, they're all fun though. Who do we got? We have Derek Clark. He's gonna be joining us by uh with the Permian Pipeliners Association. And I better make darn sure I have that name correctly yeah, because better. there's it's I, always I, good to I, I do get them kind of messed up at times, you know, yeah. and I'm I feel bad about that and it's the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners. Nope, oh, we got the bat phone going already. And uh, that is an- another person, but joining us a little bit later on the bat phone will be Tiffany Wilson, Aries Building. She's also with the OCI chapter down in the Midland, and they've got a Mardi Gras coming up. Mardi Gras is coming up. Are we invited? We are invited. Sweet. We are invited. Oh, yeah, we got an open invite from those folks. Oh, man, road there. trip. I'm uh, guessing
1: it's warmer down there.
0: Much, much warmer. <laughs> it was 32 degrees yesterday. There? No. And where was JP at? Wasn't he in Houston? Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah. So
0: in that Houston area, it was only 32 degrees. And um, anyway, so what else do we got coming up? We've got Christy Craddock going to be joining us on our Crude Life daily update for the radio that we put on the podcast. Right. Okay. Which just flows off your tongue. That. Oh, boy. Can't wait for the T-shirt. <laughs> Christy Craddock's going to join us. Every day we do a uh, three-and-a-half-minute update for the radio stations that we have in our network. So we just go ahead and put it in the podcast at the tail end. Yeah. So that way it just kind of ends the show with a little a, extra this, taster, you know? You know, uh, I, 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 I like to look at it as when you have when you have this rag, okay, or a sponge, and you soak up all that good information, mm-hmm. content, right? You squeeze. That rag, or you squeeze that sponge out and you try to get as much as you can. And that's us trying to get as much as we can out of the Christy Craddock interview because we're splicing it now into three and a half minute daily shows for our radio stations. And then we go ahead and put on our podcast during the morning show. So you got a bunch of different ways you can get at it recycle, reuse, repurpose. So there's a great example of us being green. Without, With our content. Without planting a tree or recycling. So, <laughs> folks, that's just the type of innovative thinking you're going to get here at The Crude Life. Existential energy. Oh, I love it. Okay, you. When it comes to details, what do you say? Deets or tails? Uh, I actually say details. See? The yeah. third option. The old school boring yeah. option. I fall asleep before you say the tails part. Right, yeah. So you say deets? Oh, no, that's old. Okay. I'm about the tails. Okay. <laughs> I'm all about the tails. <laughs> I bet the kids must love you. That joke took a long time to get to, but we finally got there. Yeah, there there we go. All right. Plus, okay, Derek Clark coming (laughs) up, Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners, uh, as well as his other company, Epic Site Solutions. And then Andy Black, he's the president of the Association of Oil Pipeliners. Okay, so a lot going on with the Keystone XL Pipeline. So what do we do? We go out and we get the Pipeline people. Yeah, find out what they're we thinking got, about this. Pipeline Thursday. Yep. Thirsty Thursday, Thursday with Thursday. the pipes. We didn't even... See, this is how organic and natural this show is. Things that we don't even try fall into place. No, man, it's spontaneous. It's like diamonds falling out of our mouths. I mean, on Tuesday, it was a train wreck. Yeah, but it was it was a yeah, train wrecks are kind of fun to watch. So the Karma part, Thursday,
1: <laughs> Redemption.
0: Best show ever. All right, what else do we got <laughs> coming up here? So we've got Absolute Energy Field Products and Services is our sponsor. We have our phone line sponsor Swan Energy. Who, by the way, here's who we got on our phone line today. We've got Derek Clark. We've got Andy Black and Tiffany Wilson. All right. Now, we got news coming up next segment. Next Next segment. segment. All right, we've got Tiffany coming up at the tail end of the show because remember, I'm into tails. Right. I've heard that about you. Careful. (laughs) Careful. This is a morning show. Come on. We still have to respect Tiffany as a guest. Okay. (laughs) Even though the alliteration is there, yes, and and the joke works, the insinuation. We still would like to be respectful and not misogynistic this early in the morning. Does that make sense? Yeah. Not was that the right word? Misogynistic. That was a male thing, right? Yeah. That's not the old. That's not the S&M part. No, I don't think that there's leather in there. Okay, good. I just want to make sure. <laughs> it's early. I need my coffee. So, okay, what do we got? Movies. All right. So, movies. That's what we're going to do right now. Yeah, let's talk about some movie titles. I want to have know? some fun out of the gate here. It's been a serious week, and we're going to work so hard in the second half of this show with Andy Black and Derek Clark that I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Sterling. Probably But not. you are because you were in Saudi Arabia, so you probably know a Half a dozen to a dozen of these off the top of your head. But every now and then I get these um, stories that uh, Coca-Cola's advertisement offends China. Oh, sure. You yeah. know, because the, the Lost in Translation was mm-hmm. there. But, well, this is kind of a, a common occurrence when it comes to movies. Yeah. And so the theaters spend a lot of big money trying to figure out what the correct title is that's actually going to translate to not be offensive and to, to connect. And, and to make so, some sort of sense. And there's a great 30 Rock episode where Liz Lemon does a book and her name gets transcribed into Lesbian Sour Fruit. That's right. <laughs> so just to, to give you an example there So well, the book sold better that yeah, way Yeah, I think
1: it really I would have picked up a, coffee at the,
0: a copy at that one. So uh, here's one for you So I thought it'd be fun to do some Yeah, and, let's see and, some And I know that you've got some Because you've mentioned this before to me So uh, we'll just kind of go back Sometimes and Sometimes they're
1: better than the American title in my
0: opinion Most I times mean, they what are what do you got? Well, Full Monty is the one that Okay, I've got a site actually here okay. Shortlist.com All right, so Full Monty. What do you think the name was in China? See, that was the British show about the old guys doing a naked calendar, right? Right, right.
1: Uh, Wrinkle Man Penis? Six Naked Pigs.
0: (laughs) Six Naked Pigs (laughs) is what... I'd watch
1: that movie. That's what I'm saying. That's (laughs) better than the Full Monty.
0: (laughs) Six Naked Pigs. That's awesome. What do you got? Well, the Chinese title for
1: Knocked Up, do you remember that one with Seth Rogen? I do. Yep. It was uh, One Night Big Belly. (laughs) (laughs) see i love how they just got layers dude it just cuts right to the chase though man it's it's boom it's this is what it's all about that could be a night eating sushi though well you know sometimes because i ended up going down a black hole looking into this type of stuff but sometimes it's because there is no literal translation or the word means something completely different or it has no application like greece famous john travolta movie greece well in argentina it was named vaselina Vaselina, Vaselina because the Spanish word for grease is only used for animal fat or motor grease. So they went with a product that's a lot like hair
0: grease. Oh, sure. Right. Vaselina. I think that's a cooler name. So is that what grease was? Was grease about the hair grease, or was it about the grease lightning well, in the was, car? Well, it was
1: the greasers, right? And so they were all about the palmade, the jackets. But they also
0: had the car. They were muscle heads with the cars.
1: Layers, man. Layers. This is
0: great. No, because what that says in Argentina, Argentina said, that's a bunch of fluff boys, not motorheads. Yes. Yes. That's a bunch of accountants that drive Harleys and get them trucked into Sturgis. <laughs> not the guys making meth. That drive their Harleys in with their, you know what I mean? Not, not yeah, the not old, those good old American not meth Not the makers. old school bikers that are still making crank <laughs> math. All right, so uh, do you oh, remember man. the Jim Carrey movie Turtle Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Kate Winslet? Yeah, was that the translation? Because that one's already kind of weird. So Italy, the translation was, "If you leave me, I delete you." <laughs> That is awesome. God, that one makes me think. Here, doesn't that make a lot more sense? It's a little, little too much reflection for 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 this morning. Okay, let
1: me change your mind here. Guardians of the Galaxy in Taiwan was known as Interplanetary Unusual Attacking Team. That one just seems normal. That seems to me that is like corporate. There's like six dudes in a room. They have no idea what the movie is. They're looking at a poster and they go, "Okay, well, they look unusual. They're obviously from a different universe." Everybody happy
0: right you give it (laughs) that's what the corporate corpse out of ramco come up with huh (laughs) you give it to all the high level people they're like okay this 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 all the technical thinkers yeah we used to say that the linear thinkers the all right let's go give it to the architects and engineers and see what they come back with yeah yeah we would do that actually we'd give it to them and then go give it to sales because of that reason the the linear thinker is totally different than the abstract thing right this is like an engineer coming up with a process totally
1: okay how do we describe this
0: so in that vein here's one from germany airplane remember airplane oh i loved airplane one of the greatest movies comedies of all time and and folks if you have not seen airplane i guarantee you when you watch it you're going to be like oh this is the start of that type That's of That's why comedy. we have
1: scary movie. That's why we have right. hot shots, that all of those. Airplane
0: was the start of that yep. sort of over the top satire. Anyway, so Airplane in Germany was called The Unbelievable Trip in a Wacky Aeroplane. (laughs) Even Aeroplane. Aeroplane. Well, I remember the poster had the airplane
1: like in a pretzel knot. Maybe that's, they looked at that and they were like, okay, it's clearly a crazy plane.
0: All right, you down to business here? Yeah. All right, so Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Dirk Diggler. I love Dirk. Return of Burt Reynolds. Yep. Roller Girl, uh, oh, what's her name? Heather Graham. Heather Graham. Oh, oh Smoke Show, yeah, unbelievable. That was a great one. Oh, and uh, so yeah, who? Oh, Go ahead. No, Julianne Moore. You know who was actually the the two of my favorites in that was uh William H Macy. He rocked as the sidekick, as just the the getting pooped on, crap on guy, where yep. his wife's actually. On New Year's with some guy in the driveway while people are watching. I mean, just she's like with a new guy every scene. Every scene, scene I think. right? Yeah. And then so his character was great, but Phil, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who played kind of a pansexual, oh that's right, I uh, was really character. into Dirk Diggler in yeah. a very uncomfortable, creepy, but. Not creepy enough to look away, right. you know, not pedophile, creepy, like, God, you guys he was really a good, good actor. He was good at pulling that kind of he role was fantastic. Off. Yeah, I mean, my favorite role of Philip Seymour Hoffman, of course, is the big Lebowski. Absolutely. That, that's the best As ever. Brett. But, <laughs> so Boogie Nights in China. All right. This is fantastic. His powerful device makes him famous. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Bo- Boogie Nights in his China. The literal translation is, or I'm sorry, the, the translation to be accepted by the right. Chinese culture. His powerful device makes him famous. I think that would have done better in America than Boogie Nights. Yeah, or at least the porn equivalent, right? <laughs> Can you imagine that a,
1: a, a porn version of Boogie Nights would just be like Boogie Nights uncut, I guess? Well,
0: there's the Czech Republic's. <laughs> In that vein, the Czech Republic's uh, version of Hot Shots, Warm Shots. Warm shot. <laughs> you got to take us in a different direction oh, quick. Man. We're in the gutter too yeah, quick. Yeah, well,
1: too that's much. the trouble with these is they're all pretty guttery, right? Okay, Bulgaria translated Breaking Bad as In Satan's Shoes. I kind of like that one.
0: I do like that one. But, you
1: know, Breaking Bad never actually made sense to me as a title either, so.
0: Got to respect the Japanese. Always. Leaving Las Vegas, starring yeah. Nicolas Cage and Elizabeth Shue. Classic movie. Uh, uh, Oscar award winning, right? I, okay. I believe for so, Yeah, the, the, it was the, it was his Oscar. His yeah. Oscar. I think she got nominated. I think so. And I believe the picture was even nominated. If not Do you see it? It was good, depressing, but good. So the movie title in Japan, mm-hmm. God bless you, Japan. I'm drunk and you're a prostitute. <laughs> it sounds like dinner at my uncle's house, but I was gonna say that's a game show in Japan, isn't it?
1: They're great with that, too. Okay, here. In France, you remember Home Alone 2? I do. All right. In France, Home Alone 2 became Mum, I missed the plane again, and this time I am lost in New York. How do you fit all that on a poster?
0: Extra long poster. Remember Jack Nicholson, As Good As It Gets? Oh, yeah. It was a great movie. Helen Hunt, Greg Kinnear? Yep. Okay, in China, I don't understand this title, because if this is what is appealing to the Chinese, or I, I did not even remember this part of the movie, okay? I remember a dog being the focal point of As Good As It Gets, okay? The name of the movie As Good As It Gets in China, Mr. Cat Poop. <laughs> Was there even a scene with cat poop? I don't remember a cat. I remember a dog. I remember him yelling at a waiter to get crab. I'll take right. soft shell crab. He just yells across and, and the waiter's like, okay, I'll tell your waiter. One <laughs> of the great scenes of that movie. So where does that even come from? Does it say? I no. Oh no, they don't give okay. explanations here. No, they just tell you what's next. Did you tell me Junior? Did I did, did you say Junior? Because no. the China mm-hmm. um who you're your president is buddies with. Oh, my I'm president. I don't know. I'm just throwing <laughs> that tan up. tan suits,
1: I, cigarette smoking president. I was going to say, when Obama was president, I could
0: call him a Kenyan cigarette smoking president. But now with Biden, I, I didn't know what to say. It's hard to
1: pick on a 78-year-old white guy. Uh,
0: g- g- give it a day. It'll be <laughs> yeah, easy. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Chida, uh, the movie Junior with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, and Emma Thompson. Is that the one where he has a baby? Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. Okay. Okay. The name of the movie Junior in China is Son of Devil. (laughs) (laughs) Sweden. Gotta love the Swedes. Swingers with Vince Vaughn and... Classic movie. Hey, where are the babes? Is that what
1: Hey, where are the babes? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, where are the babies?
0: Hey, where are the babies? Uh, Different context slightly yeah what kind of movie are we watching could have, could, be, could have been a big left turn yeah uh right what kind of movie is this <laughs> hey, i need to see more
1: foreign games? films apparently
0: all right okay, what do you uh, got
1: israel cloudy with a chance of meatballs this is kind of a no-brainer it's raining falafel <laughs> i
0: like that. i like falafel by <laughs> me the way. too man dirty harry in france inspector harry <laughs> inspector harry that's not bad actually i don't mind that at all Dragnet, starring Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks in Germany, was called Floppy Coppers Don't Bite.
1: (laughs) Apparently in Israel, Top Gun was called Love in the Skies. I guess they were talking about the relationship between Tom Cruise and Iceman. So apparently... You can be my wingman.
0: China doesn't give a shit about what it... What, what, what the people are thinking or wanting or desiring, okay? Because in, in this next example... And listen, they got a one-child policy a lot of people kind of don't talk about anymore. You know, they, they've, they've had their share of human rights issues. Oh, yeah. Okay? But this one... This one... What's it for? The movie The Sixth Sense. Oh, with the kid. Yeah, kay? okay. I remember Bruce Willis. Okay. Yeah. Probably one of the most iconic... Spoiler alerts since Darth Vader is my father. I see dead people. Okay, right? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the movie Sixth Sense is called in China? What? He's a ghost. <laughs> it's a spoiler alert right in the title. <laughs> it's Bruce. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: He's, He's a, a ghost. ghost. <laughs>
0: this is what i mean out of all the human rights atrocities in china this has got to
1: rank near the top yeah i'm gonna add that to the list of complaints (laughs) against the chinese government here
0: and i don't understand why they called the Shawshank redemption excitement 1995 what the is that when the movie came out i that sounds about right yeah one of
1: the greatest movies of all time freaking awesome film
0: excitement 1995
1: Okay. Seriously, man, it's like it, it's like fridge magnets for titles. <laughs> <laughs> I need a verb and a noun. How about Leon the Professional? Do you remember that movie? I do. The, that's where he either
0: kidnaps he, somebody. He no, ends up
1: getting a kid. He's a hitman. Yeah. And the and the kid, Natalie Portman. Yeah. Her dad and their family live down the hall from the hitman. They get whacked by bad cops. She ends up going and trying to get the hitman to kill the cops. Oh, Now, they develop... It's kind of a love story because... Oh, I'm
0: thinking of the Kevin Costner No,
1: in the sense, like, you know, she falls in love with him. She's like 12, right? She falls in love with the hitman. But she plays that role well. Beautiful, yeah. Hashtag beautiful girls. Yeah, right. She plays the neighbor. So... It's a great movie, but I guess it could make some people uncomfortable. There's
0: no actual no. There was a little bit of controversy yeah, behind yeah. it,
1: and and so apparently, the in Turkey, the name for it instead of The Professional was The Power of Love.
0: Interesting. Yeah, interesting. So it's kind of setting the tone mm-hmm. there for a little little spooky. Dodgeball, Vince Vaughn, Ben Stiller, classic. In Germany, it was called Full of Nuts. <laughs>
1: No, I bet you that was actually their second working title in, the, in this country, too. And that one got
0: rejected. What's up, China? What's up, China? I actually, I want to get that job. China. Can you imagine that? China. The movie Fargo. Of course, Fargo. Living in Fargo, I, I, was, I was like an exotic fruit. It helped me in sales. I was an exotic fruit. Nobody knew my name, but they remembered the guy they met from Fargo. Okay, so it helped me growing up, you know, yeah. type of a thing because of the movie. Okay, yeah. people, in fact, for a while there, my last name, Speece, which is my nickname and last name, like my whole life, because Jason was the second most popular name to come out of the 1970s. Yeah. Um, Fargo, for a while, like when I traveled, like I said, they say, oh, hey, Fargo, what's There's up? Fargo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's oh, a cool yeah. name. I had you, a dog named Fargo. You get
0: through the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Oh, the guy from Fargo, you bet put him through. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like I said, I was like an exotic fruit to a lot of people after this movie came out. So, China, why did you call the movie Mysterious Murder in Snowy Cream? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is that what Fargo We're back to the porn down? titles. Yeah.
0: What's going on, China? Well, you know... They are we also, a little repressed over there? <laughs>
1: this is how they, they they retranslated Pixar, you know, famous Isn't that Disney all those Pixar where real films? sex dolls
0: are coming out of, too, is China? Not Japan, but China?
1: You know, I think Korea, actually. South Korea is where the... Okay, you, I wouldn't know. You answered the specification to, of that uh,
0: country a little bit too quickly. Yeah, I'm just. Most go of us ahead and are still. Most of us Americans are still in the <laughs> that's Asian category. We're still
1: in the big blanket of just Asian. Okay, man, you got to know your territories. So check this out. In China,
0: so ratatouille. I, I, you remember hey ratatouille? God, I used to live with the. I used to live with Colombian, and he gets so mad at people when they cut what he they call him Mexican. He, oh. he just looks at him. He goes. I'm Colombian, I'm not Mexican, I'm not lazy. And he'd like walk away, you know, but he'd smile and laugh because right, it was right, like a right. Hatfield. I couldn't say that, he could say that, you know, type well, thing. Well, it's, you know, yeah. I yeah. feel the same way of it. Anyways, go no, on. No, 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 I,
1: that was it, man. I was just talking about, you what talking was yours? about China. So Pixar films, yeah. they apparently, they get real factual. So Finding Nemo was called Seabed General Mobilization. <laughs> Ratatouille was called "Food General Mobilization." Wally was called "Machine Implement People General
0: Mobilization." In that same vein, in Thailand, Water Boy, Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, Water Boy. Dimwit surges forth.
1: Now, see, that's more appropriate. See, right? See,
0: that's better than mobilization, right? Yep. It's just Dimwit surges forth. All right, we got two more, and then we're wrapping up here, folks. I swear to you. And the one that I'm going to end with okay. is. One of my favorites. In fact, if you folks ever want to have a fun dinner party, just casually bring up this debate. Richard Nixon is the most progressive president in modern times. Ha. Exactly. Yeah. Now, he created the EPA. Right. That's considered extremely progressive. Hmm. Number two. He opened relations with China, which was considered extremely progressive. He did the war on drugs, which, right or wrong, which considered extremely progressive. So those are just three little nuggets Mm -hmm. that you've got against all the rest of the presidents up till today. And no one will agree with you. I don't even agree with the statement, but it's fun. It's kind of like when I like to say, you know, who's the greatest baseball player of all time Okay, in basketball? The debate, Jordan, LeBron, Wilt Chamberlain, right? Mm -hmm. I like to throw in Magic Johnson because he basically averaged a triple-double, and you know there's a lot of really good arguments there. It's the fringe one, though. In baseball, my fringe one is Ricky Henderson. The guy's got the most home runs for a leadoff, the most stolen bases, most walks, most runs, most... uh, So why doesn't he rate higher? Gold gloves, all these... Well, because Babe Ruth's number one. And actually, I would go with Babe Ruth because Babe Ruth was a pitcher. And a hitter. Mm-hmm. But in modern day, w- well, the, we go right to the home run hitter, right? Yeah, that's but the, Ricky Henderson, I'll, I'll go toe-to-toe and say he's the greatest ball player of all time. Like all around. All, all around. All of the e- e- everything. If if we're going to, you know, I know I'm sure. going to lose. I know I'm going to lose. Right. But I can debate it. Absolutely. Yep. Same thing. So the Richard Nixon one, that's just kind of a fun dinner party one. If If, if you like to just argue to argue, mm-hmm. which I do sometimes. Yeah, devil's advocate. If you're not annoying somebody, you're not doing your job as a talk show host. All right. Do you know what the movie of Nixon was called in China? Now, keep in mind. Now, he's the guy that went to China. Nixon is the guy that went to China Mm -hmm. and opened trade relations. The movie Nixon came out in the 90s starring Anthony Hopkins. Good movie, actually. The current... Whoever name title people of China is decided to name the movie... Ford? Big Liar.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh, All man. Right, So what's your last one? My
1: last one, classic 1984, The Terminator. Oh, excellent. In, in Poland, it was known as the Electronic Murderer.
3: Ooh. It's
1: like a, I don't know, some sort of glam fam band name or something
0: like that. In Hungary, they were the dealer of death. The dealer of death. <laughs> Look at that. See, I I can respect those titles because yeah. it just it brings it a step further. Whereas some of them, yeah, the the white snow cream one. You just get a little bit out there. It comes a little bit too uh, well ambiguous. Yeah, we'll just leave on it, it at that. Pornhub or Google? Oh, I'm sorry. I did, I've got the wrong site up. All right, folks, that's gonna do it for this segment. We'll see you in a few. He's got a chain. He's got to grab a hold of the one he loves And I drown in sorrows and drinking
4: The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by...
0: If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases, and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today. The industrial forest. It takes an industry to build a forest. industry to build a forest if you're interested in sustainable forests growing industry jobs check out the industrialforest.com that's the industrialforest.com play hard work hard now let's play hard Still working. No, we're playing. No, hard we're still stuff. playing, oh, man. Thank goodness. <laughs> I, t- Tiffany, works, I wouldn't be here. Tiffany we, works hard enough the way it is, so I, we don't want to put her to work this early, this yet, this quite yet. I, on the, I just as hard, Jason. I I know that. I, I've I've been I've seen I've been a part. I've witnessed. <laughs> I, I spent a week there one night. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was like one of those nights. So, and you almost didn't come back. I remember. All right. So, hey, well, how's uh, how's work going, by the way? Aries. Aries 100. Buildings. G- g- give 100. us an update.
5: So, we've got our lodges still same place. We've also got a commercial yard out here in Midland. We've got a new sales rep coming on board that we will introduce soon enough.
0: Okay. Well, she's welcome to come on here if she wants to say hello to everybody. Who said it was a she? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's interesting. I might, I might just change
5: change it up a bit and hire an email.
0: Wow, that would be it, boy, that would be progressive. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so let's let's see. Hey, have you ever seen As Good as It Gets with Jack Nicholson? Yes. Do you know what it was called in China? No way. Mister Cat Poop. <laughs> that was a literal translation. And Sterling, we in our last segment we talked about uh, some. Uh, literal translations, etc., that sort of thing, and um, that's what they called it in China. Was Mister Cat Poop? So, uh, Shirley.
5: So what uh,
0: what's that? Oh, I don't
1: think it ever got over there. Honestly, <laughs> what yeah. Would they, have, what, what would they have called it Saudi, Shirley? <laughs> <Sterling? laughs> Probably something like cat poop, actually, because apparently the whole reason it went, they went with cat poop was that the main character in the movie, Jack Nicholson, his character's name is Melvin which roughly translate to Malfen. And so that also sounds like cat poops. So.
0: so our idea is that anybody we know named Melvin now include Melvin Gordon, the running back for the Broncos. Hey, cat poop. What's up? Well, we, we ended, Can up, get going, your autograph? We ended up going poop? down
1: this kind of black hole of, uh, you know, how movie titles in America are retitled or retranslated in other countries. And, uh, You start to get some, I don't know,
0: they almost sound like adult movies in most cases. Mm Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we'd check to see if you knew that movie as good as it gets. But uh, what's going on down for Mardi Gras? You guys got a big Mardi Gras party going on down in the Permian coming up. Well, it's more of kind of a meeting, but it's a Mardi Gras meeting party. So, let's find out. Go ahead.
6: We're going to mix it up this
5: year. We have our luncheons every... Month for the oilfield connections, and this month, this following month, we're going to do the Mardi Gras. We're going to send, um, we're going to send some of our friends from down south here. They um, they do all the offshore catering for the rigs out there, and uh, they are from South Louisiana, and they're coming to cater and do all the gumbo and. The, Ooh, yummy. The gumbo and the HFA and have a little fun on the bayou.
0: And where is this at?
5: It's going to be at the Petroleum Museum in Midland.
0: The Petroleum Museum in Midland. Yep. Okay. On and Thursday, February 4th at
5: 1130.
0: Thursday, February 4th, 1130. And I imagine there's probably a cost to get in. and is it, But you can be a non-member and go to this, right?
5: Yes. It's 25 for a non-member and 24 a member.
0: Sorry, Frackleberry yeah. Hound is on her Chewy paw toy there, making some noise. So we have to.
5: I think that might have been me making coffee. <laughs>
0: I'm
5: re- I'm running a little behind this morning.
1: Now Jason usually just has me here as dog wrangler. Yeah. I, I might have stayed a little too happy at the happy hour yesterday. So
0: <laughs> a little later than usual. <laughs> I was I was uh, listening to one of our shows the other day for some uh, whatever reason just. Some logistical things I had to take care of. And I forgot when I used to do the night show from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. between happy hours and the bands that would come on, I forgot over half my guests were drunk. And so it was an interesting night show. Yeah, you get some interesting. It wasn't me that was drunk, but the guy, you know, somebody would come in after three, four martinis during the happy hour because he could. And the bands, well, they would, they would drink during it. So, well, sure. Yeah, it was, was I bet all. you get the yeah, best conversation great.
5: then. You have some great talk shows at night, especially at happy hour during the helping
4: uh, oil fill
0: event. Well, and that was the thing I pointed out was that, you know, when you have to fill 47 minutes straight with talk because you don't have any commercial breaks and the guy, the guy reading the news, he goes and takes his nap during that hour and everything else. It's it's not bad to have some guests that are laid back and yeah. a little loose in the lips. And Plus, you're never sure where things are going to go. Right. So. And, and at night, you don't get a lot of calls. Right. Because you know there's not too many people that are driving their kids to soccer or they're having dinner. Hey, honey, excuse me while I go call into that talk show <laughs> quick with the drunk guys. With the drunk guys, you know it just doesn't happen. You get you get your four shut-ins. You get your, you know what I mean. That's what you get, and, and that's it. And that's if they like your guest, right? And so, anyways, but uh, all right. Uh, so, by the way, aren't didn't I see your name with uh, uh, the pipeliners too? I did. So I'm doing
5: the. I'm on the membership committee of the Permian Basin Pipeliners Association now. So
0: is that the same outfit with Derek Clark? It is. It is. He was our guest yesterday on the program. So, uh, no, I'm yeah. sorry. He's our guest today. Oh, geez. He's up a little bit later on in the program here.
5: Derek is a cool guy.
0: Well, we brought Derek on to talk about that, uh, chili cook-off they have coming with the welders and also to talk a little bit about some Keystone Pipeline, uh, uh activity, you know, from a pipeliner standpoint and, and, uh, et cetera. So, um. Good. Well, that's right. So we might reach out to you for some pipeline talk, Tiffany. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, give yourself a plug one more time for the Aries and then also for the uh, Mardi Gras event, okay?
5: Okay. So the Mardi Gras event is Thursday, February 4th at 1130 at the Petroleum Museum. It's catered by Premier Offshore Catering and the Speaker is going to be Greg Langham from San Revolution. Um, and if you need to get in touch with me as far as buildings or lodging, it's AriesBuildings.com or T. Wilson at
6: AriesBuildings.com.
0: All right, and as we leave, a couple of movie titles for you here. Okay, ready? Ready. All right. Remember Jaws, the movie Jaws? Yeah. In France, it was called The Teeth from the Sea. Chief oh, from- <laughs> and that's awesome. Portugal, the movie Lost in Translation, starring Bill Murray Scarlett Johansson, was called. Oh, I like her. Yeah, if me too. She's to I that totally my girlfriend. <laughs> she's, she's beautiful. Yes, she is. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, like stunning and strikingly beautiful. Yeah, Scarlett's yeah. not bad either. You <laughs> right, you're so- talking about Bill Murray, weren't <laughs> you? Lost in translation in Portugal was called Meetings and Failures in Meetings. (laughs) Now that's Japanese (laughs) for you, man. That's just perfect for today's oil and gas industry right now, huh? Okay, so let's let's end on a good one here. All right, ready? Are, Are you ready for this one? I know we can all relate to this one. Any of you ever see the movie Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton, Bernie Mac, and Lauren Graham? Oh, yeah. In the Czech Republic, and in the Spies household, (laughs) the movie movie was called Santa is a Pervert. (laughs) I think that would have sold better in America. I really do, because it cuts
1: right to the heart of things, you know?
0: All right, well, thank you very much, Tiffany Wilson of Aries Buildings, for coming on and being a part of the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. The event is coming up on February 4th, is that right? February fourth next Thursday Well my life start it's kinda hard to explain talked
4: about how there's nothing. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by
0: If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860 swan energy is buying up natural gas leases and they may buy yours too give them a call today the industrial forest it takes an industry to build a forest industry to build a forest if you're interested in sustainable forests growing industry jobs check out the industrial that's the industrial play hard work hard now let's play hard Welcome back to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spies. That is Sterling. We are the morning show here. We're going to do some news coming up here in just a second or two. And let's see, what is going on today? Today's Thursday. Is that right? Yeah, it's Thursday today. So it's been a busy week, man. It's one of the bleeding into the other here. Well, what do we got going on news today? Let's get the sounder up. Well, you know,
1: we've got a couple of things coming out of the Biden administration. Uh, first one to sort of flag my interest was President Biden says entire federal fleet will be replaced with electric vehicles. Workhorse Loadstown, surge.
0: I saw that news story the other day and I read it and I'm going to be very curious. I skimmed it. Okay. And I kind of went on a little tirade uh, later that day with an interview.
1: As you like to do.
0: Yep. Because what I said was, the article that I read, and I'd be curious to know what is in yours. The article that I read was all about the plan and a lot of platitudes and speculations. And there was like 10, 15 paragraphs of it. Included in there was like three to four of the same climate change this and and uh, paris accord and all these other things um the repetition of that same paragraph that you've seen for the last year or so um the last paragraph was they did they didn't have a plan they didn't know how to do it they just have an idea and they said they're going to do it but they don't know how to do it yeah, and I'm not seeing anything really here about a timeline, per se. It's t-
1: I mean, they're talking about the fleet right. apparently is made up of 645,000 vehicles. Yep. 245,000 civilian vehicles, 173,000 military vehicles. I didn't even think about that. And 225,000 post office vehicles, of course. That's got to be the big one, right? Yeah. So Workhorse, a company that plans to offer delivery vans, has a bid for the contracts, but the process is currently stalled. This article more concentrates on the finance and the stock surge that happened as a result of that announcement. But
0: the other part that caught my attention in that article, I don't know if it's in this one, but it seemed like Tesla was going to be a big recipient to the subsidies. They're talking about Tesla, Lordstown Motors Corp, and Amazon. Amazon was the other one and I didn't and they're they're backing a certain energy or an electric car company because it says the Amazon backed, I yeah, believe, uh, Rivian. Okay. I think yeah. So uh, boy another Bezos and Musk boy they well, just keep popping up in the news know, don't I, they
1: I was just wondering when they were going to get a little bit more government money cuz it's probably been a couple of days I mean we're, <laughs> we're not even we're not even trying to pick on them Well I mean you know and it, and that's, that's that's a cheap shot, I mean, really, because it's it's more complicated than that. You look at the infrastructure. Not really. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> seriously, if, if I told you, Jason, we need to replace all of the cars in North Dakota with electric cars in five years, are you going to start from scratch or are you going to go to a company that's been trying to do it for the last, what, 15, 20, right? Right. You're going to go to the infrastructure. They've got the infrastructure. What's interesting, though, is it's like a self-feeding loop because- a lot of that infrastructure gets off the ground initially because of government investment, mm-hmm. tax subsidies, tax breaks, all that kind of stuff. So you and, my, you and me, we're funding it. So what I'd like to see is at least partially this start to come back to us as a gift. How about electric buses in the cities and it's free transportation? That's a great start. Something like that. Seriously. I mean, that why, with I, you. would I'm that with motivate you. you a little bit to take more public transportation? Sure, maybe it would. Maybe. But it would also be a, a nice gesture to say our money helped make that happen. We are part of that process. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't get to see the financial profit, we should at least see some of that.
0: That's what happened in the communications. Absolutely. With telephones. The internet. Uh, that's why we have... Uh, Free television yeah. is those three and four broadcast stations. Well, was- what is it? DARPA, the government
1: organization that basically funds research. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so I pay you, I'm the government. Martin. I pay you Lockheed to develop yeah. this. You develop it. You get to patent it. You get to sell it. I paid for its development. The idea being that it's protecting the country, which Mm -hmm. is all of us. So that's a fair exchange, in my opinion. That's
0: kind of gone away, though, a lot of that stuff. Yeah,
1: well, maybe it's not as talked about anymore. But, yeah, it does seem like military toys are, uh, you know, we're not buying as many ships and tanks as we used to.
0: No, I mean a lot of the intellectual property doesn't trickle down.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's it's a cul-de-sac.
0: Yeah, the money doesn't trickle down, and and the intellectual property doesn't trickle down. Yet the people who are paying for it keep paying for it. Yet none of it trickles down to them. That's... That's where I see there's being a problem. but the, So you've got... Well, there's nothing about Ford in there, was there?
1: No, and there's really no information. Nothing about Chevy?
0: It, it really is just a talk. There's no timeline. There's no... But uh, they've got electric cars. They've even got flex fuel cars, ones that mm-hmm. go both back and forth. Right. I know Cummings, Cummings with you know the semis, Cummings engines, they could probably use a little bit of booster money to try to figure out the natural gas engine. I mean, the natural gas engine might be a better solution for this than the electric, because at least the natural gas engine is here. We can do it. Yeah, we've got it right, and yeah. it's, it's it's economical. Yeah. This here, what we're talking about, is not. There's not even a plan. No, I mean it's it, it's kind of like they don't have a timetable. No, I mean it's
1: sort of like a moonshot idea, where it's like I'd like us to go to the moon in a decade. So
0: how does that get the press that it gets? That was my that was my soapbox, before. Right. Uh, yeah, where I I could not figure out why the headline of the story is "President has crazy idea with no plan." And I'm editorializing with the word "crazy idea," but if there's no plan, it's kind of a crazy idea. Well, it's more just a platitude, like you said earlier.
1: It's something that you or I could have said, and it have just as much validity. Except words matter. He's the president. He says something like that. You'd like to see. I, I hope that there's actually some follow-up on this rather than, oh, that's nice. They're planning on changing all the cars to electric. It'd be nice to follow. I'll be like, how is that going to happen? Do you
0: remember that guy who ran for president wore a boot on his head? He looked like Merlin. I. He was one of the fringe see. candidates. When was this? Oh, what was his name? Nimrod or Sham God or no, he runs every year. I had no idea. He runs every year. Yeah. His platform, he's he's considered one of the fringe candidates, and C-SPAN always has the fringe candidate debate, and I used to love watching that. Oh, yeah. That's where you got the real good ideas. Absolutely. And so, (laughs) it should be AK-47 Friday, every Friday, you know, (laughs) things like that, right? So, anyway, this, God, what was his name? Uh, He had a boot on his head, and he had this long beard, and he looked like Merlin, and he would get out there, and he advocated about hygiene, and he wanted to make a law that everybody had to brush their teeth, and he wanted to give everybody a
1: pony. Vermin Love Supreme. That's it. Vermin. American performance artist, politician, and activist who has run as a candidate in various local state elections for
0: like... Forty
1: years for like forty years. Yeah, yep. that's what I
0: mean. He's a reoccurring bit player on C span. Yeah, it th- is a boot. I thought it was a Merlin. It mask. looks more like a
1: you know it's a, it's a rubber. It's a it's a it's some sort of waiter almost. Yeah, know. it's
0: like a flood a flood boot. Yeah, but his okay. His platform for years was to mandate the brushing of teeth, which honestly I think a lot of people would get behind, <laughs> even if it wasn't enforced. It's at least you know it's kind of like a. A good that's a decent platitude, you know. I mean, we you brush your teeth twice a day. The oral concerns there's a lot of high, there's a lot of of, um, of physical health connected to your teeth. Oh, absolutely. And for everyone who's missing a tooth, you have digestion issues because your teeth help create saliva, which helps digest your food. Okay, so I mean, there's all kinds of different you know impacts that so. You know, boot on the head, vermin, love god, sham god, he's all right. And then the other the other platform he had was he wanted to give everybody a pony. Yeah, I was just seeing that. The right to pony. Is that, is that yeah, in there? It's in there. Has he got any other good stuff? Oh, can, oh, God. Thank God for Wikipedia. Yeah, well,
1: the political positions article reads like an, a Mad Libs. <laughs> I know. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's just a bunch of verbs and adjectives. And, and, and people so, thought I was nuts when I'd check be like, this out. What, what, no, what's wait, that guy doing? Some okay. of his main themes are instituting a mandatory toothbrushing law, giving every American a free pony, using zombies for renewable energy. Oh, that's new. <laughs> Zombie Apocalypse Awareness and Time Travel Research. Oh, he's sold out.
0: He's Dude. sold out, man. I believed in vermin with the toothpaste and what was the other one? And the pony. Yeah, But I the zombies, the pony, man. he's part of the Walking well, Dead. He got caught up in that hole.
1: I want to ask him the he's serious question out. of where do we get said zombies? Are we going to create a renewable resource? <laughs> are, they, are we going to infect how people? How are they renewable? Yeah, what? really. But is you he, have to make more zombies. Is he going to... Wait a minute. Is this guy going to unleash a zombie apocalypse? Is
0: is he going to cremation as part of energy? I guess.
1: You put him in some sort of incinerator. Is that what he's talking about? Yeah. So wouldn't that be cool? Every house you'd have like basically a zombie press, you know? Okay.
0: Oh, my word. Moving on. What's the next news story? And that wasn't
1: even supposed to
0: be the fun news story. <laughs> I don't know. You started with bee story. You man. started with Biden wants to turn everything into electric cars. Right. I started that is crazy. kind of funny. All, All right.
1: right What's this go. one? I'm, I'm looking for a response here. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to hold on. I'm going to dust off your, your, your box so you can soap a little bit here. Tribes exempt from pause and U.S. federal drilling program. Okay. Native American tribes are going to be exempt from the Biden administration's temporary suspension of U.S. oil and gas leasing and permitting on federal lands. This is from a spokesman for the U.S. Department of Interior. The clarification comes after an oil-producing tribe in Utah last week asked Interior for an exemption from the 60-day pause, saying it would hit its economy and sovereignty. Imagine that. So, this strips the Interior Department's agencies, and bureaus of their authority to issue drilling licenses, leases, and permits. Uh, and it appears to be the first step in delivering on Biden's campaign pledge, but... The immediate backlash from the Ute Indian tribe reflects the financial strain some communities will face from a freeze in the government's fossil fuel permitting
0: program. Thoughts? So many. Yeah, bet. So many on that. And there's Um, there's even more
1: to it, but yeah.
0: I mean, it starts with some uh, biblical references about how when up is down and left is right and black is white, that the end times are coming. (laughs) Uh, And... It goes to the Dapple protest, which yeah. is, are protesters going to be protesting on federal land that Native Americans are drilling on? I don't... This I is haven't a even very
1: thought about that, but that would be an interesting shift in optics. Oh,
0: there! I mean, I'll tell you what: you put me in a spitball newsroom, I'll go nuts on this story yeah. all day long. Well, and that's one angle right there, right? And just on okay? the
1: surface, it reeks of that kind of hypocrisy.
0: Now, let's talk about the picking the winners and the losers. Yeah. So what they're saying is that well, we need to allow that economy to work. But not the other one because, you know, Kathleen Scama on yesterday talking about all the jobs being shut down yeah. that are off reservation. And so this one actually is going to help, help their economy, but in the name of what? So it's it's very different. Yeah. It's, it's almost, it's... I read
1: one interesting very, comment that was pretty out there but suggested that a... Uh, a back or a uh, retaliation against that would be for states to declare new large reservations.
0: Okay, that's interesting.
1: <laughs> as, a, as a roundabout way to basically, there was something last year in the news, I think it was about a tribe in uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma, not entirely sure, but basically that uh, the result of the, of, the, of the trial, I think ended up with sort of the sovereignty issue of the tribe and the state sovereignty kind of up in mm-hmm. the air you know, legally. Um, so yeah, you look at something like this, you know, I've always come at it from the point of view of they should be able to do what they want to do on their land, right? They're natives. They should be able to do what they want on their land. They should build open casinos. Why shouldn't they be able to do this? But yeah, it just begs the question, any community, if a community has a way to make money and sustain themselves and create good jobs in a good community, shouldn't they be allowed to do that?
0: I'm a big fan of this. I'm, I'm glad they're allowing The market to work out like it is. Um, the the part that I I think that gets lost in a lot of this is how the, the, the oil and gas industry empowers. Okay, it empowers generations. Okay, it empowers communities. Okay, it doesn't just build them; it empowers them because a lot of times you're you're bringing in generational wealth and knowledge. Okay, and prominence and clout into into different positions. And we've had uh, David, David Williams, the CEO of Missouri River Resources. We've had Mark Fox, um, Chairman of uh, Chairman Fox of the uh, three affiliated tribes up in, up in the Bakken. They've been regulars on this program. And what they're trying to do up there is, is, is phenomenal because they're trying to create a whole up, down, midstream, upstream, downstream, salmon stream, trout stream <laughs> of Native American workers. So the secretary, the, the, the frac scientist, the CEO, as many people that are employed under that company are Native Americans. So they don't have to outsource it. Well, not only so they don't have to outsource it, but so that way if there is any sort of riff on the community, like we saw mm. in DAPL and, and we might see with some of this stuff, is that well, there's, a, there's an energy company that will take people that want
1: right yeah i mean it gives you the the upward mobility it gives an option
0: it gives you an uh, it gives you opportunity because that's what it comes they down don't to. even have that a lot of times yeah. it's that it's either oh we, we better go join the protesters or we don't have anything else we don't have anybody supporting us so if you have an oil and gas company that is all native americans well now you're talking that that to me is now you're getting the narrative
1: back. Well, you know, and if I had to if, if somebody said, Sterling, you have to decide can they do casinos or can do they can they do natural gas and oil, you have to pick one and they can only have one. I would totally come down on the gas and oil because you're talking about legacy. That's going to create the type of community and the type of jobs that then, you know, it trickles down. Mm-hmm. You get the kids that go to work there or they're able to go to a better school, you know, all of those things. It, casinos have, I'm sure, a positive impact, but I think going forward, you'd much more rather see market driven rather than trying to create wealth with the casino and just sort of a sponge for, you know, nothing well, happens at a casino. This is something that creates something.
0: You know, in talking to those, you know, high level thinkers, Chairman Fox and- David Williams of Missouri River Resources. Um, you know they've got big dreams. Like they see, like right now they're working with a college down in Farmington, New Mexico. Uh, heavy Native American population down there, and so there's a specific school that they're they're using down there that's preparing them for oil and gas. Okay, so they could even see down the line that maybe they might have a school or a training facility. So they're looking at the offshoots in the same way that capitalism brought me to the oil and gas industry, the vibrating tube example I always give, (laughs) where you could have a guy with a high school education working on a rig for 10, 20 years, and all of a sudden he figures out how to make a tube vibrate twice as fast for twice as cheap. And the oil and gas company not only doesn't steal his idea, they actually say, we'll be your first customer. They empower him to go Hire a company and go. You know, b- become a president of a small business that has five employees and you know a nice but it town. Expands yeah, that but that now this guy reach. he can spend more time with his family when he needs. You he know, he's can got invest more. He's in got what? more control over his life at yeah, the end of the day. Absolutely, and 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 that's the thing that the oil and gas industry does, or at least did, and that's the thing that I saw that. The, the Native Americans really started to see. Mm-hmm. They didn't see a lot of that other stuff. They, what they saw was the empowerment. Like, this could actually help our country. Well, you know, and from a
1: from a cynical point of view, I imagine, too, they might be looking at it through the lens of, you know what, if we don't learn how to harness it, they're going to take it away from us. Oh, they flat out say right? that. Oh, they flat out say it. Yeah. I seem to remember like uranium mining and stuff like that, right? <laughs>
0: gold, yeah, Black gold, Hills. right,
1: anytime. So, <laughs> you don't have to drive
0: too yeah, far. <laughs> so it's, exactly.
1: So it's you know, It's pragmatic mines. as hell to do it. And it makes sense because you are, in a sense, like you'd be creating almost a community like I lived in in, in Saudi Arabia. It's it's based on that. The schools are there because of that. The hospitals there because of that.
0: Awesome. well that's fantastic news i'm glad that it's not getting any negative backlash outside of probably just some comments and things like that on the, the tail that's end of the that's story make people have to
1: pretzel to to, to recognize, oh yeah no it know, is that it really is it's, it is
0: and i'm yeah. glad though that people are saying you know what just just allow that to happen yeah. just you know what i mean instead of putting up a stink or anything like that so well, good we'll good. see
1: it's still early days
0: right <laughs> Old news now. We're done with it. What's next?
1: (laughs) All right. So this was supposed to be our fun story, but I think we've already tapped that. Uh, Modesto firefighters help woman trapped in bee-covered car. Oh, I've seen these every now and then. Yeah, these these are great. This one's a couple months old, but Modesto firefighters saved a woman trapped by fear inside her vehicle that was covered by thousands of bees. But then the bees moved on to one of the fire department vehicles. Uh, The woman had left her job at the courthouse. She found a swarm of buzzing bees on her vehicle got in, drove to the highway where she hoped they'd all fly off, and she drove back downtown to the fire station. It was beginning of swarming season, said beekeeper Mark Cadoza. It's a colony's natural response to reduce its size when the hive becomes overcrowded. So basically they kick out the old one, start a new colony, and they were trying to do it on her car. <laughs> Damn kids.
0: Oh, and this happens every now and then, especially in the country where... Uh, an SUV with a higher, you know, body. They'll just go by a tree and they'll clip a tree and they'll happen to pick up a queen. And once you pick up a queen, they all come. And oh, I've seen stories where they've two, three weeks they've followed on a car. Yeah, they've stayed on a car and things like that. So that, but that woman, she was scared to get out, huh? I would have been too, man. If there's thousands of them, I've seen pictures of people
1: opening up. You know, it's like the engine block or something, and there's a nest in there. Yeah. I see them a lot in attic spaces. I see, you know, usually wasp nests and stuff like that. But yeah, these guys are a little freaky. The trouble with bees, right, is that we don't want to kill bees. No,
0: no, we talked to live. We talked about bees yesterday and, you know, the importance of them. What did you mention? uh, Yeah, Uh, It was
1: something I had seen a couple of years ago that was basically a picture of, uh, you know, like a supermarket produce department as it is sort of today versus if we were to lose bees and other insects that are able to do that uh what pollination Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and it was you know it was basically down to like corn and citrus i mean it was it was really it was a profound impact and i researched it not exactly sure okay okay uh but it has something to do with basically the this realizing the the part the bees play in that being able to cross pollinate things and move stuff around Mm -hmm. um so yeah we love bees but if i saw a thousand of them on my car i'd freak the f out
0: i i had a garden uh, about a half acre size garden, nice size garden, right? And for about five years, I gardened, and um, uh, it was it was a pretty intense garden. And one year, one year, this is when I lived just north of town. And one year, the uh, Three Bears Honey guy, you know, Luther oh, yeah. Three Bears Honey, yep. uh, he had a beehive not even fifty yards from my my garden. Oh geez, okay, you bet. I
1: bet you had a great yield. That
0: crop was Boom. night and day. Yeah. Okay. Night and day to all other five years. Absolutely. Not I mean like ten times the amount. And I never got stung once. Well and that's not true. I got stung one time, but it was my fault. There was a there was a tomato that was cracked open on the backside oh, and there was a it. bee yeah and i grabbed the tomato so he was just all he all he had was a giant hand over him so that's that's what i mean yeah, it was it's my a bummer f- too because then i think they die then they right? die they so stinger, I, but. I actually felt bad about that but um outside of that it was having a symphony a humming the whole yeah. time but when you watch these bees they are Partying in that (laughs) pollen, they look like Al Pacino Pacino and Scarface, just (laughs) (laughs) falling all over their snuffing their pollen up. Oh man! Well, you know,
1: part of the problem, is I understand it, is that uh, because there's basically what they call deserts, you know, urban deserts where there's just there's none of the stuff that they like or that they need, you know, and that's why they're recommending more and more to like plant natural. Uh, local grasses, or what we're doing is allowing our dandelions to go because it's good for bees, butterflies, mm-hmm. things like that. So, you know, there's some simple things you can do. Yeah, we had a beehive when we moved into our new house, it was underneath my daughter's sandbox.
0: Oh, ooh. yeah.
1: So that became kind of a problem. Yeah. And we had to get rid of it, but somebody came in and they smoked it and they took it out and they yeah. did it for free
0: because they wanted to, you know, save it. In the industrial forest, we're in the micro industrial forest, which we're doing in the city of Bismarck, the state capital of Bismarck, with Mayor Steve Bakken. One of the areas that we're talking about is both a bee garden and also a butterfly garden. Absolutely. And we're seeing to what lengths we can have, you know, some bee contraption where you yeah. can actually get honey right on tap. Yeah. Right the there. Tap. You've seen those, right? I have, yeah. So, you know, we're looking into that as well, but we're starting with the the gardens that we're going to have so that way the bees and and the butterflies have a little sanctuary area. You
1: know, it's funny. We're talking bees and butterflies back and forth, and I'm like, damn, are we hippies? But it doesn't have anything to do with that. Yeah, I like bees. I like butterflies, but it has to do with having good produce, having a good garden, having diversity in the species of things that we like to enjoy. And they're a part of that.
0: And I no longer do what you just did. Hmm. It was last week when I decided I'm no longer going to do any sort of correction or overcorrection about being an environmentalist or Mm -hmm. something like that. And I was, I was thinking about hunters and I'm not a hunter. So it's, this is, you know, kind of foreign to me. Um, Hunters were actually one of the first and kind of conservationists. They were the first ones to kind of fund it and get kind of some of that stuff going because they wanted better ducks to kill. <laughs> they, yeah, that's a wanted... lot of
1: the reason why the NRA was founded initially. <laughs> that's what I mean, the one, NRA, yeah. It was basically, it was, you know, the idea of, of, of preserving. Well, you know, you talk to a lot of people that are either pro-gun or really into oil and gas and things like that, and most of them are probably more environmentalist than a lot of people that loudly shout it. But they're doing it in action, right? So I almost yeah, I almost wonder if it's more of a
0: circle of life well, mentality. It's, it's common sense, and you know, I, you know,
1: I mean, uh, Teddy Roosevelt—that was one of the things that was real big. Uh, um, uh, Delaware or uh, FDR, you know, again when those parks and stuff started to come about, these were guys that loved going camping. They loved they they saw the beauty that we had in this country, and they wanted to preserve some of it. So absolutely, and you know, we talk about uh, you know federal lands and drilling. We're not talking about drilling into North Face or you know, I mean. It's, I, I just don't get the argument. You know, we can drill everywhere else, but not there. Well, we have to be safe everywhere we drill. And they think they're not going to be safe there. Mm-hmm. I don't get it.
0: Oh, there's a lot of interesting things that when it comes to just, just the empty. sheer science and, and selectiveness that people do with their arguments and, and that sort of thing. And um, anyway, what was that? Was that story end? Was that it? So, so we yeah, got? they finally do get the bees.
1: They brought in some beekeepers. They needed to call in, two because there was just too many. They estimated there's about 1,500 to 2,000 bees on the fire vehicle, twice that on the women's car. Uh, they lost half the colony probably going down the highway. They scooped them up, got them into a beehive box until they got to the queen. Then she was in. The rest followed.
0: Hmm. Yep. Behave, huh? Mm-hmm.
1: Basically, they just let them do their thing until nightfall when it gets cool, and they all wanted to go inside anyway. So
0: That's yeah. so funny. It's like bee shepherding. I know. I know the bee whisperer. Send yeah. them in, and <laughs> it's an interesting thing. I I, I love uh, the the what's it called the practice of bees. What is that called again?
1: Oh shoot! It does have a cool name though. You know, it's like one of those with ends with an S T. And yeah.
0: it's too early in the morning. Um, and this article came from me. the Modesto Bee. Oh, there we go. The yep. Modesto Bee did a story on bees. That's fantastic. Slim All right. Dunk. Well that's going to do it for the news today news rumors and news speak here on the Crude Live Morning Show Play hard work hard that is Sterling my name is Jason Space we'll be back in a few in- The Crude Life with Jason Speece. Thank you for joining the program today. If you want to look at America, you go to Permian and the Bakken and that's what America should be united as one, and that's
1: exactly what we are. And and then you know that's what I love about the oil and gas industry.
6: One county in Kansas, one single
1: county, produced nine percent of the world's oil. That was the oil that won World War One, as the British said from the floor of Parliament. The Allies floated to victory on a sea of oil.
5: work sticked up here in the Permian Basin.
1: Yeah, leadership really needs to take a look at how it, we've been doing things and constantly make changes in how we can do things better.
5: Commodities are always, 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 any commodity business, whether it's milk or whether it's oil or whether it's apples, they always are boom or bust because the solution to low prices is high prices, the solution to high prices, is, you know, is high prices. It's a big issue,
0: you know, it's kind of red riding hood syndrome here. People making out the industry to be the big bad wolf.
5: And on top of that, you know, you would get a nice increase in pay as I'm sure most of us all know. When you move to oil field areas, you get a, a nice little bump in pay. After him and I having five margaritas over at the Cork and Pig, I called my boyfriend and I was like, hey, do you want to move to Texas? And he was like, yeah, when, when are we moving? <laughs> and honestly, we moved about a month after that.
4: This oil and gas industry, I've met some of the best people I've ever met in my life doing this. Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard.
0: Yeah, Derek Clark
6: with Epic Site Solutions.
0: Epic Site Solutions, what is it you guys do out there in the Permian Basis in Texas?
4: So I'm essentially a sales consultant. I represent two equipment companies. Um, I come from the equipment industry, so wanted to get back into rentals and sales, and then we provide maintenance and repair work as well. But uh, you know, between the two companies that I work for, I can basically get my hands on anything from a light tower to a crane. Heavy dirt equipment, you know, general equipment, um, kind of your one-stop shop for your equipment needs in the Permian.
0: Are you looking at ten ninety nine? I mean, you're a sole proprietor, small business. Are you guys a company? I mean, you you mentioned you you know for a couple companies. So a lot of times, you know, there's a you know independent contractor will hang his hat on three or four different companies, that sort of thing. Is that kind of an arrangement I'm, I'm hearing? It is,
4: yes, sir. So. Uh, Technically, we're an LLC. Um, It's just me with Epic. I'm a one-man band right now. Hoping to grow in and and bring in a few more salespeople down the road. But, um, but yeah, so, yeah, we're 1099 basically for the companies we work for. And I opened up a company essentially so I could uh, operate under a company and be able to get all the insurance I needed and be able to uh, have some of the tax breaks that comes with it.
0: No, that makes sense. I mean, you know, there's... um... There's companies out there that are just eight to 10 small businesses together working as a group on a bigger project. That's That's been a new business model over the last 10 years I've seen grow nicely. Um, but right now, right. you, um, it's really important to be nimble right now in today's economy. And so um, speaking of which, Permian Basin, of course, that's a lot of activity down in the Permian Basin when it comes to the percentage of daily rig counts in Shale Play USA. Uh, we've had a little bit of a spike, a little bit of a down, a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a evening out thing. So let's get a boots on the ground report here from Derek. What's going on down there in the Permian this week?
4: So um, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I know it's, it's not where any of us wanted to be right this minute, but... Um, At least from my standpoint, on the equipment side, I've been speaking with several contractors, uh, primarily on the pipeline and facility side, that are putting bids in, they're requesting quotes for me on different types of machinery. Um, So from what I'm really hearing right now, it's not a whole lot of boots in the dirt. I mean, there is some, but um, I think in the next month, month and a half, we're going to see a lot of these projects kind of actually kicking off and having more people busy and obviously it all starts from the operators down so i think they're ready to uh you know hopefully spend a little money and invest in um and everything they have going on and it all trickles down to the rest of us
0: you mentioned you do cranes is that right
4: we do yes sir one of the companies that i deal with they operate or excuse me they rent cranes yes sir
0: Boy, I tell you, are they going anywhere? That's, um, that's always a good sign of economic development. Go look for the crane.
4: I have actually this morning. I spoke to uh, two separate companies that I've been working with um, in the past on their rentals, and both of them are requesting quotes. A couple tank batteries, SWD sets, um, things like that. So actually, yeah, this morning alone, I've, I've spoken to two separate contractors, and uh, it's only 10 a.m., so hopefully that trend continues for the day.
0: Well, that's. I was always told, you know, when it comes to the basics, you know, go get your burger, you know, flipping burgers job. Go get your convenience store job, this and that. And when it comes to like, uh, like like a labor type job, one of those kind of, I don't know if you call them wives tales or urban legends or bar room highball talk or whatever, but is look for the crane. There's usually somebody hiring underneath that crane because that represents a lot of jobs underneath there because. You know, you, you need a crane. <laughs> so.
4: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, it's one of the first and foremost that you have to have. And, um, so, no, I, I haven't quite heard that, but you know what? When you say it, it makes perfect sense, and I would definitely agree with you on that.
0: Well, yeah, because usually the thing that needs a crane needs some sort of manufacturing behind it. And then, of course, in a lot of cases, it's it's meant for buildings and downtowns and, you know, in and, and, and urban life in terms you know, when you're building a, a skyscraper, boy, that's there's all kinds of work you can do there from putting in a food truck to sweeping up uh, empty nails and et cetera. So uh, anyway, just in, in today's day and age where so many people are looking for work compared to last year, just thought I'd point that out there. Look for the crane. You'll find some work maybe. But uh, okay, let's go to the next thing. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the Permian Basin Pipeline Association of Wait, Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners. Boy, I got a little dyslexic there halfway through. So, Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners, you just celebrated a one-year anniversary. Congratulations. Talk to me about the uh, Association of Pipeliners.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, well, I appreciate that. And um, so, yes, essentially we're a, um, a nonprofit organization and our our whole premise is to raise scholarship funds uh, for students pursuing STEM educations and trade schools and, uh you know, kind of help grooming that next uh, generation of oil fields. Uh, so that's essentially what we do, but uh, man, it's a great networking opportunity. I've, I've got a lot of great friends involved in it. Um, for 2021, I'm actually the membership chair. So if anybody was interested in getting any information or wanting to, uh, you know, come check out one of our events. They could always reach out to me directly and I could fill them in on everything. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of like-minded people. Um, we do have a lot of pipeline contractors, a lot of, uh, facility contractors, and then we've got a lot of uh, different organizations involved that work with the pipeline and facility side. So it's really unique. Um, I've been involved with it for a little over a year now and, uh, don't plan on leaving anytime soon. So I definitely think it's an organization worth checking out down here. Are
0: you hearing much on the Keystone XL, the federal lands, some of the executive orders when it comes to new president Biden with the pipeliners.
4: You know, a lot of people are um, upset about it. You know, that obviously that was a, um, a great project that this country could use for several different reasons. Um, took away a lot of high paying jobs for a lot of people and already our fragile economy that we're all dealing with now. And was kind of a low blow to oil and gas. Um, So I think really it's it's more pissed off than anything. Um, A lot of people in this industry that I've dealt with and that I deal with and work with, or, you know, become friends over the years. And oil field is a very prideful industry. Um, It's not easy work. There's a lot of late nights, early mornings, middle of the night phone calls, uh, you know, men and women are out here for two three weeks at a time. They miss a lot of their personal families back home, their times, birthdays, holidays. So, I just feel like a lot of people don't feel that the new president has our best interest in mind um, as far as an in industry as a whole. So, I think it's more than that. I just think more people are not scared, but kind of nervous for what we may deal with over the next, you know, four years of his administration. So,
0: you know, I think uh, this is organic right now. It's the first time I've ever articulated these words into the sentence. So bear with me here. But President Biden had a real opportunity to step in and become a friend to the oil and gas industry by just, honestly, if he just would have focused on the word transition, I think that probably would have, you know, ticked off some, but not nearly like putting out some federal bans and and executive orders and costing 70,000, 100,000 people jobs, depending on what you want. I mean, he really decided not to put an olive branch of any kind to the oil and gas industry. It was more of a middle finger than anything. That that surprised me. That really surprised me. Anyway, I, your thoughts on that?
4: <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. Um yeah, like you said, he had an opportunity to step in and kind of, uh, you know, step. I guess you know, start our relationship with him as an industry on the right foot, and he took it a completely different way. And he's been very busy the first week, week and a half he's been in office, and uh, unfortunately, I don't see it slowing down. And at least from you know the federally owned lands and uh, you know drilling and the permits, he's already put a stop to to a lot of things that are just obviously going to have a direct effect on our our industry as a whole but now I mean I think you said it perfectly you pretty much threw up a, a big middle finger to our industry and said basically we have to deal with it and you know this is where we're at now and makes no sense you know obviously it's not like oil and gas can just disappear it's a uh, it's a necessity in our society I mean if you look what what products are petroleum-based alone uh, it's hard to find some that are not you know i mean everything is some way shape or form centered around it so i don't know there uh it's gonna be a lot of green energy pushing and uh ironically i don't think they're near as strict environmentally on on some of those projects as they are the oil field in general you know Uh, what's
0: really scary what's really sorry to interrupt but what's really scary to me is the the, the the fact of the matter is that what you said is is correct i mean i think it's 93 or 96% of what we use on a daily basis has some petroleum product in it or is reliant on it in some way very few things are not reliant on it through transportation through some sort of sealant through some sort of plastic bag whatever the case might be so much of our society is, is reliant on that. Okay, be that as it may. So there's other means to get plastics. I understand that. There's other means to drive cars. I understand that because over half of a barrel of oil is basically diesel and gasoline. So you know, then then you go your percentages after that. But in order to get those vehicles, you need quite a bit of petroleum products. In order to power those vehicles, you need quite a bit of petroleum products, even though they're electric. So that, that, the, that part is going to actually iron itself out in the marketplace. And when people start paying five to six to seven times for their heat, and they start realizing that this whole electric car thing is costing much more than they ever thought, they're going to they're, they're get upset, but that's going to be a five-year kick the can down the line. What worries me is this crash course and this religion of environmentalism, this cult of environmentalism that is taking away the liberties and freedoms of so many people uh, on their daily life in the name of public health and safety and et cetera. That's the part that really worries me because it's it's being done on such a crash course. Nobody has time to say, whoa, 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 can we just take a look at the science? It's like, we don't have time for science. We got to act now. Sorry, man, I just got up on a big soapbox there. You got me going this morning. I've had four cups of coffee. <laughs> so.
4: Hey, no, I love it, man. I can hear your passion and your voice. I mean, that's obviously why you do this. You care deeply for the industry, and uh, I've been in it for five years, and I'm the same way now. You know, I didn't know anything about oil field and I moved here from Houston in 2015, and I live in the Permian full time. And, uh, yeah, man, it gets in your blood pretty quick, so I love it get fired up because you're right. We've got a whole lot going on. I mean, like you said, just the way 2020 unfolded, um, the millions of people that were put into, you know, financial problems, small businesses, large businesses, um, the oil and gas wars. And then obviously when you get to the health and the pandemic, um, uh, I think you're right. A lot of things weren't science-based. They were kind of gut calls that shouldn't have been made. And, um, Yeah, like you said, it it, it happened rather quickly. I think a lot of people are concerned uh, Well, and very eye-opening how powerful the government is and what they can do.
0: And here's a great example of the media not holding the government accountable and vice versa, this sort of thing, where uh, just this morning I saw President Biden announced that he was going to eliminate uh, gas-powered cars and and all the government cars are going to be electric-fueled or electric-powered, electric-powered cars. And the first, I don't know, 95% of the story is all about how he's going to do this and going to do that and going to do this and going to, going to, going to, speculate, speculate. And like the last sentence, the last sentence, there was no more than 15 words in this sentence or paragraph that said he had no plan. that They, they don't know when the timeline is going to do. They don't know how they're going to do it. But he said he's going to do it. So how is the media says, I'm going to do 99% of a positive story about a planet of platitudes and some good old, you know, feel good stuff. When the story, if you're a true media person, if you're being sterile is president wants to eliminate uh, uh, gas powered cars, has no plan. The, the, The story is that he has no plan, that he's just coming out with, 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 Feel good, heartfelt platitudes. It's just amazed me where the media these days just cannot seem to hold these people accountable to say, you know, the story is really they don't have a plan. That's really the story. And so I don't know. I don't know what your thought is on that, but.
4: No, you're 100%. I, uh, I think this election has shown the bias in the media and uh, how powerful social media is and how it can be swayed one way or another by these conglomerate companies, these mega rockstar companies that own most of our social medias that we all are guilty of interacting on every day. Um, So yeah, the bias in the media, I mean, I hate to say it. I think most people now are, it's very eye-opening to see how many people don't really trust the media and speculate that most of the news that we do get is, uh, has a hidden agenda behind it. And you're right. They're not, holding very many people accountable and uh so no, i mean i think you hit the nail on the head i wish i had more to support what you were saying i mean i just i agree with it 100 percent.
0: well i was just going to say and you're you're one of the reasons why we're able to do what we're doing because we thank you for coming on here because what you're offering is actually expert advice expert opinions because we're asking you about boots on the ground what's your observation down in the Permian, because that's where you're at. I don't have some representative out of Houston telling me what's going on in, in the Permian. I have somebody from Houston telling me what's going on in Houston. But that's the difference between like the crude life and say all the national news. The national news, what they do is they say, oh, we're going to talk about oil and gas. So we're going to bring on Jimbo Jones from the right and Sally Ann Nagger from the left. And these people, they just, they, they go to their talking points and that's it. And they don't have like any sort of context. So that's why we love it when guys like you can come on because you, you offer context. That's why people listen to this program is because the people talk about things that they know about. I mean, when you're offering your opinion, you're offering your opinion about things that affect you on a day-to-day basis. I mean, for crying out loud, you're the marketing director for for the pipeline association down there, for the excuse me, I got to get the right name, the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners. There's a, there's a few of them, so I don't want to piss anybody off. So, um, <laughs> but you you understand what I mean? To where we're staying within the the wheelhouse of what you know. I'm not asking you anything about frac. Uh, uh, chemistry or anything like that. No, it, we, you t- you know about cranes. All right, we'll talk about cranes a little bit, you know. <laughs> so, but anyway, well, uh, I, I wanted I to ask you
4: because I'm no I'm no chemistry major by by any means. So I'm glad we're steering clear of those conversations.
0: Yeah, but you understand what I mean, to where there's so many experts oh, yeah. out there that you know that nobody's ever heard of, but they're experts because they do this stuff on a day to day basis, and the crude life is all about those people. We love those people. I mean, you know, we don't mind getting the rock stars on from time to time, but hey, man, our people are the people living it, living the crude life day to day. And that's why we wanted to bring you on here for the main event right now, the cook-off and weld-off. Is that still happening?
4: It is, yes, sir. Yes. That's uh, a standard
0: question you got to ask these days. (laughs) It is, unfortunately.
4: (laughs) And, and, you know, we had to, uh, you know, get creative with our venue for it um, because we don't, I mean, we plan on continuing our uh, events. One thing we do every year, you know, golf tournaments, clay shoots, uh, the cook-off and weld-off another one, uh, team roping events. You know, we're always trying to find ways to uh, just get people out of the office a little bit, you know, let them enjoy some other things, and then obviously raise some funds. But, but anyway, yeah, um, I'm pulling up my information on that now. So,
0: Well, that that's okay. So if, you, if you need me to stall, I can because it's Saturday, March 13th at the Ector County. Coliseum, is it Hector or Hector? Hector, yes, sir. Okay. Yes,
4: sir, Hector. Um, But, yeah, so we've we've got that still going on. Um, We just announced it last week, actually, and and we seem to be getting a lot of hits. A lot of uh, people are interested in setting up teams, uh, obviously interested in doing the weld-off. And One thing I know about welders and one thing I know about cook-off teams is they all like to brag about who's the best. So I think it's going to be a fun event that day. We're going to have a lot of people out there uh, open to the public. I mean, anybody wants any information, um, yeah, you know, they can reach out to me directly or Shelby Flats, our event coordinator. She's a rock star at it. So, um, but yeah, no, we've still got it going on. That's going to be our um, our quarterly event for uh, the first quarter of this year.
0: Well, as a seven time MC of the Bakken Barbecue, I can tell you that uh, the welders they always come prepared with something unusual because they all they need is a half a day in the shop. That's it. And and they're they're coming up with something that's very odd. And it's just great every time. It's just fantastic. So we'll have to see what you guys can come up with. Uh, That's Saturday, March 13th. Now, are you guys still looking for sponsors? I'm looking at your uh, uh, your flyer right now. There's cooking teams available, weld-off contestants. It looks like drink sponsors. And are, are you looking for all these different things?
4: We still are, yes, sir. Yeah, we've got some teams signed up, uh, but we still have plenty of room for everybody. Still, um, so well, yeah, if anybody's interested, I mean, we've still got plenty of space. Um, the parking lot at Hector County, we're going to be able to practice all the uh, you know requirements we have to for large events like this. But uh, you know, plenty of space to have plenty of people out there.
0: And they got okay, booth sponsors, VIP access sponsors. Drink sponsors weld off contestants and the cooking team. Okay, do you got the VIP VIP access, which even the VIPs aren't allowed in? Yeah.
4: So where that <laughs> you know, I mean, really stems from is we're um we're really pushing to try to get a lot more operators involved. Uh, okay. One thing with this organization that that I forgot to mention and I shouldn't have a. Uh, our is is essentially we like to work with a lot of the local political leaders out here, um, all the way from the Permian to Austin. Uh, we're heavily involved. Uh, we had a great speaker at our, our dinner last week. And one of the main things he was kind of reiterating to everybody is that right now it's imperative for oil and gas from it, from every aspect of the industry, everybody to stick together and, you know, really show the strength in numbers. And, um, uh, So we're really pushing to get operators involved with some of the bigger names. Uh, Obviously it's great for networking for everybody, but uh, really it's, it's kind of helping us align ourselves with some of the the powerhouses to help us have a little more um, sway in the political world. You know, we're very heavily involved in trying to just get the information out, the correct information about the oil field. A lot of people that aren't in the industry just assume it's, uh, unsafe. It's terrible for the environment. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. There's several organizations against the oil field. And I think it's a lack of education on the oil field, particularly that we are one of the safest industries that there is because we're so highly scrutinized by so many people. We have to be. And that's something we're really looking to align and make a big push in 2021 is uh, educating the public more that we are good we're here to stay we're not going anywhere uh the oil feels strong and um, and we're doing it safely and correctly and we are one of these safer industries there are now it's just a, a fact when you look at everything we have to go through
0: it's interesting the speaker the state representative brought up uh safety in numbers that was our our media kit this year that's the every, every year we put a you know, new phrase on there. And we do it, you know, in in September the previous year. So the year before COVID, actually, our media kit read, ready for anything on the cover. And that had to do with Greta Thunberg and the climate activists really more than COVID. Uh, But there was, you know, there was layoffs happening, Chesapeake and Whiting, they were laying off people before COVID. And and some of the other major operators were too so we kind of saw some of that handwriting this year actually our media kit reads strength in numbers we 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 saw that as the big focus for this year that if people are going to survive through 2021 they're going to have to have some strength in numbers and it might come in untraditional ways you know and so one of the reasons we thank you for coming on here because We have a daily program and we need strength in numbers because it's a collective voice. You know, some of the conversations that we just had today, it's important for people to hear this stuff daily. It's important for people to be a part of the conversation daily, not just sporadically and kind of throughout the area, if that makes sense. So uh, I appreciate you coming on. Um, Give yourself another plug here as we, as we conclude because your association, I know you guys are doing some good work down there, so uh, you're the membership director. How can people get in touch with you and uh, join your organization and learn more and become aware?
4: So, um, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you can reach out to me through uh, LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn. You can always find my contact information there. Uh, my email is Derek at com, and then... Um, I've got my cell phone listed on my profile as well, but, um, yeah, I mean, call, text, email, LinkedIn message. Uh, if you find me on Facebook, you can, I mean, however it is that that works for you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm highly accessible. I guess I'll put it that way. So it's not hard to get a hold of me if you are interested in learning more and we'd love to have more members. We're really pushing to grow the organization this year. And, uh, yeah, I, I could go on and on about it, but I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, have me on the show um, it was very raw you know none of this was scripted all the questions were coming at me hot and uh, I love what you do with it, but, man I think you get the best out of a lot of people that way so um, it was a pleasure being on here with you
1: it's a big I'll let you know
4: Play hard work hard now let's work hard
3: good morning ladies and gentlemen i hope everyone's having a great day we are joined today with andy black who is the president of the association of oil pipelines good morning how are you doing today andy
6: good morning jessica great to be
3: here oh it's hopefully going to be a wonderful day so i guess let's go ahead and start with a little bit about the association of oil pipelines what is it exactly that the association is responsible for
6: We're a small trade association in Washington, D.C., and we represent uh, pipelines, liquid pipelines that carry crude oil, uh, refined products like gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel, and then natural gas liquids. Uh, We are uh, focused primarily on federal issues, but sometimes get involved out there in the states, and it's good to be able to talk to you about pipelines.
3: Absolutely. I find it interesting, uh, especially when looking at your website, I see that there's a whole bunch of, of uh, space on the website dedicated to the safety measures that are taken with the pipelines. And I find it interesting that it, that these types of measures aren't actually talked about more, I don't know, in, in uh, mainstream media or just in open dialogue when it comes to oil and gas industry.
6: We do need to talk about safety a lot. Uh, AOPL does three things primarily. We advocate for responsible public policies, so with our safety regulators and Congress. uh, And we next, like you're talking about, work on improving safety for pipelines, continuous improvement in safety. And then third is communicating to the public about the role that pipelines play in their daily lives. Uh, they're the safest mode of transportation. And as you mentioned, that's something you can never do enough of. We really want people to be comfortable uh, with the fact that we rely on pipelines every day uh, and that they're uh, safe and getting safer.
3: Right. Well, and there's, there's what, over 200,000 pipelines. Is that just in the U.S.?
6: Yes, over 200,000 uh, miles of hazardous liquid pipelines in the U.S. And that's been growing. That's stopping a little bit right now with COVID, but it'll pick up later. The pipelines are all around. People don't normally notice them, but they're there serving us.
3: Right. Well, that's a a lot of pipelines to be monitoring and keeping safe. How do you monitor the pipelines?
6: Uh, Pipelines are uh, monitored in control rooms with operators, Uh, working 24-7, collecting information from up and down the pipe, uh, indications about pressure and flow rate. They're looking for signs of an incident, but almost every pipeline that's out there is, is run by a control room. And that became an issue in COVID, making sure that those control room workers were protected from the virus, from other employees, and could keep working while everybody was shutting down. Were
3: you able to keep working through that period of time?
6: Yeah, no pipelines shut down because of COVID. Uh, Control room operators were uh, sequestered from other employees. I even heard stories of... Of hotel rooms away from families where control room personnel would go, and all you did was go from the hotel to uh, the control room and back uh, pipelines are sometimes shut down during uh, hurricanes or natural disasters just to make sure that there's not going to be an incident but we kept operating during covid and uh, kept doing the maintenance that we needed to do with field personnel while most of the employees worked from home those are people who couldn't uh, work from home and had to be out there uh doing their thing and uh, they were largely protected from the virus so it's a success story
3: that is a success story have things been kind of evening out i suppose since then
6: it's better uh like much of american business there was uh there was a downturn there was a period where uh first uh use of gasoline and diesel fuel and jet fuel dropped off uh, they've come back a little bit jet fuel the least uh, and then Uh, Once the refineries recognized that there wasn't as much demand for refined products, they started slowing down. So you had periods of less throughput, what we call in the pipeline industry, of the amount of product that moves through the pipelines. So that was logistics issues for people to manage to make sure that storage tanks didn't fill up and that everything kept operating safely while we're providing the, the diesel that we need for freight to keep moving when everyone was ordering things at home. Uh, and then business issues, uh, less revenue as business for pipelines. A lot of that has come back. Uh, jet fuel was down 80% as a country at the worst. Wow. Now it's down 50%, and that so our, our customers in the airline business continue to suffer. Uh, diesel fuel, gasoline, they're down still about 10% from where they were. So we're coming back. Uh, what we need is what everybody needs. We need the virus to be under control and vaccines to be out there so that every American feels comfortable doing what she or he was doing beforehand. And, and then this ought to take care of itself.
3: Well, I certainly hope that will be correct. I certainly do. So what do you think the, the biggest obstacle aside from COVID has been over this last year?
6: Well, uh, for the pipeline industry, it started with a price war between Saudi Arabia and Russia that was already affecting the business. And To me, COVID is two things, and they're, they're both big. That was the, the health issue. Uh, and then the business issue. So one of the lasting impacts of, kind of the business issue is uh, deferred projects. This is a sector that has been growing because Americans have been needing more of the products that pipelines carry. And you've got some projects that were either canceled or or put on hold. Uh, and companies, when you listen to what they tell investors, say that uh, they want to be back in, say, 2022 with projects, but they're they're not going to be uh, doing those when uh, there's less need for our products. So there's, there's people that we'd like to get back to work when the economy recovers in the pipeline sector and in oil and gas generally. Uh, then on the public health issues, one of our challenges was just doing that type of advocacy that we do in a time where we're working from home but also government is and uh, it was interesting to see government leaders uh, starting to do calls and zoom calls instead of meetings Uh, it took everybody a while to get back up to doing regular business uh, over uh, advocating over a computer screen than in person Uh, but that's something that everybody's gotten used to now both in oil pipelines and in advocacy and i think Lots of other places in American life, like you and I, we could have been doing this in a studio together and now we're doing it over the phone.
3: Right, right. It would have been nice to have met you in person, but. Likewise. Um, So the projects that ended up being deferred, that's kind of what you're looking into for 2021 is kind of getting everything back up and on schedule.
6: There's going to be a time where we uh, need more pipeline capacity to serve uh, Americans, right? Everybody uses the products that pipelines carry, whether that's uh, diesel fuel for freight uh, to give you your packages or gasoline for getting where you need to go or jet fuel when we're all taking flights again. Uh, We also move the products that get turned by uh, manufacturing facilities into things like like PPE. Uh, when that happens again, we need to be ready to for uh, policymakers to say yes to pipelines and for the public to recognize uh, that a, a pipeline coming in is a good thing. When it's operating safely, it can create jobs and tax revenue and make sure that we don't have shortages of energy. So we, we, we shouldn't let up on that explanation to the American public about why we need more pipelines and and that they're operating safely because we'll get to that point, and we need to be ready.
3: Right. Well, and that what that pops into my head is something that I've been seeing for quite a while. Um, is that like you had said earlier, pipelines? Well, they are the cleanest way of transporting liquid oil and gas and diesel and.
6: Yeah, there's two ways we look at it now. First, the traditional way is uh, spills, is incidents. And there's even decimal points above that 99.999% of every product in a pipeline is delivered safely. So uh, it's it's the Americans' benefits that a barrel of crude oil move on a pipeline over a train or a truck or a barge. I'm not saying those are unsafe. They're just statistically not as safe as pipelines. So then the other way that we look at it now as there's concern about climate change is that uh, pipeline transportation has lowest lower carbon emissions than any other mode of transportation. So if you're concerned about fuels moving from point A to point B with the fewer carbon emissions, uh, even the Obama administration made clear that the pipeline is the least carbon emissions way to do it.
3: Yes, yeah, and I, th- I find that to be highly intriguing, especially with the, well, the controversy over oil and gas over this last year as different groups have Well, it seemed like at the beginning of the year, we're especially pushing hard to try and uh, get rid of pipelines, lessen the amount of of pipelines that were being utilized for oil and gas.
6: Yeah, um, Americans want action on climate change, but they don't want policies that increase the cost of their energy or uh, create shortages that make them not be able to uh, get where they need to go. So, our job as pipeline operators is to uh, to help deliver the energy that they need while this energy transition is worked on and they're going to need pipelines for a long time uh, we uh, We use electricity primarily to power the pumps of oil pipelines, so we've got an incentive to use less electricity and to have lower carbon emissions. And uh, that itself will help uh, make sure that the lowest carbon emitting mode continues to get cleaner.
3: Nice. So with the uh, incoming administration here within this next week, do you think that the, the new players in the White House and, and on that team are going to change any part of the way that the pipelines are, I want to administer administered is not the correct word, are implemented maybe change the way that things are implemented for pipelines?
6: Uh, it, it could be, right? This is uh, not a group that has been talking as positively about pipelines uh, as say the transition, the administration that is leaving. But there are there are great opportunities to work with them. Uh, pipeline safety is not a partisan issue. We just had a success in Congress in December with doing a, a pipeline safety law that's supported by uh, by both parties and both the House and the Senate. Uh, we're ready to talk to them about uh, any concerns that they've got. We feel confident that the more that is understood about the safety of pipelines or of pipeline construction, the more we should be able to address concerns. Uh, Pipeline permitting is going to be important when the economy is back up and people are needing uh, more pipeline capacity. So we want pipeline permitting decisions to be, to be fair, to be on the merits, uh, not sensational, not about myths, but on facts. And then we want those to, to stand up. We need any American business like a pipeline operator to know that once they've got a permit, uh, they can do the investment, create the jobs to uh, provide customer service. We've got a lot of advocacy to do.
3: Sounds like it also sounds like a pretty good way to start the year, though, if uh, if just in December you'd gotten that passed with bipartisan support to have both parties agree on something, I think it's a success story. So what a, that's kind of a good beginning to things, even if. Even if there's a little uncertainty, it sounds like.
6: Right. We're excited about that law. It creates a couple of things that we think will help. Uh, One, uh, there's a program that our safety regulator in the Department of Transportation can use now to pilot test new technologies and new safety techniques to gain information. Uh, So that uh, they can decide how to roll out safety technologies and techniques across the whole pipeline industry, Uh, just like in so many other sectors, technology is changing rapidly in pipeline safety, the data. That comes from an inspection device traveling inside a pipeline, collects a lot of information, and the people back uh, in the computers can gain a lot of information from that. And we want the pace of technology to be matched by government regulations keeping up with that. So now Congress said, Department of Transportation, go lean into technological developments and learn from them. Learn what can be safely applied across uh, across the whole pipeline industry so we're glad that uh, congress listened on that and that's something that we can uh, work with the next administration
3: wonderful that does sound very exciting real real quick because you, you piqued my interest you were talking about a device on the inside of the pipeline that uh relays data I'm, back. i'm
6: glad you asked about that uh you may have heard, are you listeners, of the, uh, kind of the phrase of a smart pig. Uh, there is technology that is put inside a pipeline that's pressed through the pipeline that gathers information. So, uh, they once you uh, bring out a pipeline, bring sorry, bring a smart pig out of a pipeline, you've got information about uh, any deformities on the inside of a pipeline. Uh, The goal is to uh, learn about issues on a pipeline and review them and address them if necessary before they would become a problem. So this is all like preventative maintenance, uh, and it's using technology that you might find at a doctor's office when you get an MRI or an X-ray. These engineers can take information from a smart pig traveling inside a pipeline and, and learn about uh, a feature that they might need to go uncover and inspect personally. And that's that's driven a lot of safety improvements over the last several decades, and even over the last five years. Over the last five years, incidents that impact public or the environment, they're down 36%, even from a good where, place that they started. This is one of the ways that we're excited about continuing to improve pipeline safety.
3: Wow, that's that's pretty incredible. Very proactive.
6: Well, a lot of work. Uh, you, you, uh, you see a pipeline marker uh, and you don't know that there's a lot of technology uh, that's going through the pipeline underground to try to make things safer. Uh, we need to do that. Our goal is zero incidents. Uh, even if we're at ninety nine point nine 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 plus percent, we want to be at a hundred. And the American people expects that that the pipeline is always going to be able to retain the product that's inside it.
3: Yeah, that's a that's that's a very good quality of standard to to hold, and that's very very impressive. You must have a lot of very brilliant people working on these these technologies.
6: I, I'm impressed by what they uh, what they can do. Absolutely.
3: Well, is there anything else that you might like to discuss or think that would be noteworthy for anyone listening going on into the new year?
6: I think we've covered a lot of ground here. I want to make sure that uh, people understand that uh, pipeline industry is there to work with them. If they've got a, a pipeline in their neighborhood or if there's one that's being proposed, uh, that we can help answer questions and that they, that they depend on them right now. Only in a hurricane, uh, when a pipeline is down uh, and product is not being delivered, do people really recognize sometimes how much we need them. Right, The, the gasoline at the gas station uh, comes there after a long trip in several pipelines. Uh, we want people to be comfortable with pipelines, uh, and how that they are maintained. And if you've got a pipeline operator in your area, and you've got questions about how to act safely around a pipeline, and call before you dig, uh, we want them to reach out. and We're ready to help.
3: Asking questions is a good thing. Knowledge is power, as Sir Francis Bacon said.
6: Yep. I agree. Well said.
3: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today, Andy. I really appreciate it.
6: Great, Janica. Great questions. Thank you.
3: All right, friends and listeners, that was Andy Black, President and CEO for the Association of Oil Pipelines. want to thank him again for taking time out of his day to talk with me and so that we could get this great information out to anyone who is interested in taking a listen to it. If you like what you've heard, if you want to find out more information, a couple of great resources to check out would be aopl.org. That would be the website for the Association of Oil Pipelines. You can go to aopl.org. Dot org, or if you want to find out about Pipeline specifically, go to Pipeline101.org. That was Pipeline101.org. And of course, if you want to find even more great content, go ahead and take a look at what the rest of CrudeLife.com has to offer. Oh, well, you build a bridge and i have all the
4: harmony. would
0: have made a modified melody we were ready the rhyme and rhythm
3: to code each note in every measure
0: It's Jason Spees, Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's
1: been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think
4: the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomenon. They really believe everything the people tell them.
5: We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without Without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So
6: I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. Well, that
5: we've got people like you to pay attention, bring us information on stuff like this.
6: Prices can't go any lower for
4: services. I, I, they're they're too low right now. Like our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often.
5: You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can see for my 20 companies, they take it very serious.
1: It makes perfect sense. And I thought you had a really good show last week, Jason. I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that uh, that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly. The state of North Dakota, United States Senate. How am Jason Spies, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. We
5: all like living
0: the crude life, so. <laughs> the Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with the chairwoman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Christy Craddock. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with Commissioner Christy Craddock, right here on the Crude Life Daily Update.
2: So I am the chairman of the Railroad Commission right now, and the Railroad Commission is based in Texas. It doesn't do railroads anymore, though. We are the oil and gas regulator. In fact, the oldest oil and gas regulator in the entire country and in the entire world. We always say OPEC is based on us as far as their price controls and other things they do. And so I've been at the commission starting my ninth year and I'm now the longest serving. I wouldn't say oldest, but the longest serving (laughs) member on the commission as we're as we're brought up right now. And I'm the chairman. The chairmanship rotates amongst the three of us. And this is my third time to be chairman and uh, I'm happy to do so. I think we've got one of the best agencies in the entire state and frankly, probably one of the best agencies in the entire country when you talk about oil and gas regulations. So thought for just a second, I'd tell you because we do have a funny name and it's a historical name. We are the oil and gas regulator, but we do pipelines and pipeline safety inspections for the state of Texas we have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipe in pipelines in Texas And roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities uh, lines in Texas. So we have a lot of, and gathering lines are in that 470,000 miles as well. So we have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a sixth. It's an important part of what goes on in the state. And safety is is really important, obviously, to all of us. Uh, We do gas utilities, like I said, and gas utility rates and safety in, in Texas. We also do coal and coal mines. People forget we do have coal mines, we're lignite mines, and I also are not the West Virginia dig down deep in the ground, but they're strip mines in Texas, so that is an important part.
0: To listen to the full-length interview with the chairwoman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Christy Craddock, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our morning show, Play Hard, Work Hard, and our social media pages. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life.
4: The Crude Life is sponsored in part by,
0: It takes an industry to build a forest. industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out the industrialforest.com. That's the industrialforest.com. Play hard, work
4: hard.